season's greetings from the Eclectic Collection. If you'd like to bring me some holiday cheer, subscribe, of course. Become an Eclector. It's the coolest thing you could possibly give me this holiday season. Today's episode 10, the best present ever. Another personal story of mine. So the situation becomes I am approximately 10 years old. I'm in fifth grade. And of course, I'm in Catholic school. So I'm wearing obnoxious clown collars with the jumper uniforms that are yellow and green. We had some of the worst coloring ever. Some other schools had cool colors, but we just didn't. We had yellow and green. Really? Ew. Not meant to go together. I'm sitting in my little wooden desk with the proper little cubby and old school inkwell and divot for the pencil. And I just don't feel right. I felt kind of weird, I felt kind of queasy, but you know, I'm of course Little Miss A student, so I just suck it up and go with what I have to deal with. That was Monday afternoon. It's December, early December, and we had a performance practice after school for the annual Christmas play that we were working on. It was involving angels and it had this big costume, that's all I remember. I was supposed to be the lead. The only time I was ever supposed to be a lead, I might add, and it doesn't work out for me, but you'll find that out in a minute. It turns out that um, Tuesday was no better. I kept feeling yucky, kind of sort of had a headache, stomach started to bother me. I don't know. It was just I just felt oogie. But, you know, I'm a good little Catholic school kid, and of course I want my perfect attendance because that was always an award at the end of the year. So I just kept keep on keeping on. Wednesday, I now have an actual headache. I feel kind of warm. My stomach's really bothering me. I'm having immense pains. I can't quite figure out what it is. Um, Of course, I've been asked about 10 times now if I feel okay by everyone but my family, I might add. But I'm not feeling great. And I'm like, "Eh, yeah, I just feel weird. Wednesday night, I start to get seriously fevered. Um, kind of doing the hot, cold, sweat thing. It's kind of yucky. And I wake up Thursday really feeling like trash. But I go to school anyway. And as I go in, I finish all the work that I had to for the day. And by the end of the afternoon, I was so hot and boiling and red and incredibly uncomfortable. Much, much more pain that I thought, you know, something is really wrong with me. But I only had a half a day on Friday. So I went home Thursday afternoon and I told my mom, I said, I just do not feel well. I don't know. I just have stomach pains and my head's bothering me. It's been weird all week. And my mom, being my mom, gotta love her. She's like, oh, take some uh, Advil or take a couple aspirin and have a meatball. You'll feel better. Because obviously meatballs cure all illnesses. In case you didn't know that, you should try Mom has cured countless illnesses with meatballs. So I have a meatball. I take a couple of Advil. It does nothing. A little bit of the edge off, but still feeling yucky. And at this point, I'm so hot that I want to be in the cold. Um, I went to my basement for refuge because it was really cold down there. And I started to get queasy, and it was just getting worse. I sleep, toss and turn, not well, more like pass out. And I get up the next day. And I go to school because I had a spelling test and it was only half day and I'm a doofus. So I go to school with this fever and feeling bad to take the spelling test. I know I'm a nerd. I can't help it. So I take my spelling test. Of course, I ace it and I finish that. I think at 930 was that class. 
And we had a nurse who ironically was only part-time because, again, this is Catholic school, so why do we have a full-time nurse? So she says, uh, you better go see the nurse. My teacher was really concerned about me at this point. I said, yeah, I think I'm going to take you up on that. I go see the nurse, who was never really a nice woman, but even she had compassion for me on that day and said, oh, you don't look very well at all. I think you have a fever. You think? I'm boiling red and I feel like 9,000 degrees. Takes my temperature. It's 104.5. Calls mom, sends me home immediately. I'm down the street, maybe six blocks, but it felt like, I don't know, six years for her to get there. She picks me up. She brings me home. I go into my pajamas, crawl into my bed, and I am just hot and cold. I can't even lay flat or bend in half. My stomach hurts so bad. I don't know what to do. Uh, I'm sweating. Uh, I'm hot. I'm cold. I'm back and forth. It's gross. I'm clammy. And now I'm nauseous beyond. And I start throwing up pretty much every couple hours just for fun to the point where I hadn't eaten anything and now it was just bile. So yummy. And I remember mom and dad had this little old drunk couple that was really sweet that used to show up like every Friday night. And uh, they had come by at like seven. And to escape having to be polite and to get to a cold region, I went to the basement and we had a big metal trash can. And I just remember lifting the lid, hurling into it consistently every so often, closing the lid, lifting the lid, hurling more bile into it back and forth, having eaten nothing but a piece of Jewish apple cake that mom offered me with another um, Advil. Not a good combination to this day. As much as I love Jewish apple cake and the look and smell of it, I just can't eat it. I'm sorry. I cannot get it past my eyes. So the meatballs didn't work and neither did the Jewish apple cake. The moral of that story is don't try and cure an actual illness with food. So I'm not well. And that whole night, oh, you have a fever. You don't feel well. You got a virus. It's just got to come and uh, play out of you. You know, it'll go away. Classic Italian family. Just work. It'll be fine. Just eat. It'll be great. So throughout the night, I'm getting worse and worse and worse. I can't stop throwing up. And my dad always got up crazy early for work. So six in the morning, which I had never really slept and I'd crawled into the den, which is usually very cold because we have a wood stove in there and we don't heat that room on purpose. So in early December where it's super cold and there's tile on that floor and it's brick and it used to be an outdoor room, there is all sorts of me being cold opportunities there. And dad comes in and goes, what's the matter with you? Why aren't you in bed? I said, pop, I cannot even stand. I can't sit. I'm not comfortable. I don't feel well. So he wakes my mom up and says, take her to a doctor. And of course, it's a Saturday morning at this point. And back then, you're talking 1984, um, there's no doctor that's readily available. Luckily, there was this place called MedNow. It was in Springfield, not too far from where I lived. And it was open like a walk-in clinic situation. Now they're everywhere and you could walk into a, any pharmacy and be seen immediately. But we didn't have those opportunities at that time. I didn't know the doctor. Uh, it was really crowded. The guy was super nice, took us back, asked me what happened. I explained. And he listened to my heart said that was fine and asked me to lay down on the table. And the funny thing was I could not lay down and I could not sit up. 
he it was like a bad cartoon where the rat or the rabbit or the cat can't get back put in the box it was insane it was like if the top half of me went down then the legs came up if the legs went down the top half of me shot up i could not lay down flat and after a game of this cat and mouse he uh put the stethoscope to my stomach he said you know i don't hear any internal sounds and that's just really not good i thought oh great so uh, what's that mean? I get panicky. Of course, I'm worried about school on Monday because I want my perfect attendance. And obviously, I'm concerned about the play because I'm the lead lookout. Okay, I'm in fifth grade. What do I know? And mom says, what does that mean? And he said, I think you need to leave here, go to the emergency room and consult a surgeon because everybody has a surgeon in their back pocket. Now, as luck would have it, oh, I did. Yep, proving once again that all Italians have connections everywhere. Uh, one of my friends in school, her father really sweet guy, um, was a surgeon and happened to be at the hospital that I liked down the road from me. And, uh, I thought, cool, I'll call him. And I knew their number by heart. We called them from the office and they didn't pick up back then. We're talking landlines, no cells, no texting, no internet, et cetera, et cetera. So what happens? He was outside hanging his Christmas lights, but I wouldn't find that out until I got assigned another surgeon. So we go right to the emergency room. They take me in and they take every possible fluid from me. I want to say it was maybe 11 or 12 in the afternoon when that happened, like 11 in the morning, noon. And by 8 p.m., they had gotten all sorts of results. And I was in like a little cube. And they came back and said, yep, your white blood cell count is something ridiculous, like 1,700 gabillion. I don't even know. It was over the top. You're fighting an infection. Um, Something's wrong. They don't know what it is. And I waited in this room and eventually a very nice German doctor came in, uh, Wilhelm Gerhardt. Love that guy. Saved my life. He walks in with a very thick German accent. He says, well, we have to move some things around and we have to find out what's the matter. But I think that you probably, yes, have the, uh, problems with the appendix. I believe it's ruptured. I'm like, what? Of course, that means nothing to me. And as soon as my mom freaked out and promptly ran outside because my dad had joined us at this point, I guess they were making phone calls to let people know. I didn't realize quite how serious it was or that back in the day, you know, people died from this all the time. Duh. Um, He was alone with me for a couple minutes and he says, very serious. And, you know, we're going to do the best we can, but you never know. You might not wake up. So, hey, Merry Christmas to you too, buddy. And I remember thinking, wow. That means I'm not going to be at the play. That was my first thought. Not kidding. Yes, I admit, that big of a nerd am I. So I said to him, well, how long does this take to recover? And he kind of looked at me like, recover? Mm, You're lucky if you live. And I said, seriously, on Tuesday night, it's the play. He said, I don't think you're going to be at the play. I'm like, great. So that made me very sad. And within that moment, I look up. He leaves the room to go prep and says they're going to give me something to drink and then put a needle in my arm. Not a fan. And my entire family just suddenly appears. And when I saw my sister with this gigantic um, big bunch of balloons, super colorful, I might add, I remember thinking, oh, this is bad. I'm going to be staying for a little while. Balloons equal you get from a cube, graduate to an actual room. And I remember, hmm, that's not good. And my brother walked in and my brother was always running around somewhere. So the fact that he was there and talking about ambulances and whatnot, because he was part of the fire station, I thought, "Mm, also not good. So it was not, uh, it was looking bleak. It was, it was looking bleak. 
they do everything they tell me they're going to do about eight o'clock and everybody is oddly sad and says some weird goodbye to me and they wheel me off. I drink this stuff. They put an IV in and I just remember looking at like classic stereotypical big round white light in my face. They explained what they were going to do. I'm in an operating room. It was freezing cold. And I remember thinking how good that felt because I felt like I was going to explode. And the last time anybody told me my temperature, they was a, it was a nurse freaking out to the doctor saying, she's at 106.4. And he's like, well, she's going to convolt. We have to do this now. And that was the last thing I remember. He said, count backwards from 100. I guess they went to see if the drugs worked. And I remember getting down to like 92 or 91, which apparently doesn't happen. And he said, well, we're going to have to up the dosage. And a couple of minutes later, I got from 99 to 98, and that was it. That's all, all she wrote. It's all I remember. I just passed out. And I don't remember anything until Tuesday. That was Saturday night. Now, I was told that I went to a recovery room and that they spoke to me and asked me a couple questions, and I allegedly muttered some answer, but I legit do not remember being awake until Tuesday. And when I woke up, I was back in that room, surrounded by my family and saw those balloons. And I thought, well, it's Tuesday and I think it's four o'clock in the afternoon. The play starts at seven. If I really hustle, I can make it. And they all laughed at me, but I was still serious. Um, I also realized I was hooked up to about four hoses and my arm was on a board because while I was out, um, my entire left arm blew out. Like they blew out the vein in it because it was hooked up to too many things. And they put like the most sensitive needle in the tiniest, I'm right-handed. So they my right hand on a board and put the teeniest little needle in the most sensitive little spot on the little meaty part of the back of my thumb. Thanks for that. And uh, I'm hooked up to an IV and I have this like suction thing going on. I've got tubes and slices everywhere. I look like railroad tracks. My bikini career was over, although I don't know that it ever would have begun, but it was a bad scene. And I just couldn't figure where all that stuff was going to or coming from and the noises it was making. And I tried to negotiate that. And I remember thinking, oh, I'm really thirsty. And it wouldn't give me anything but ice chips, which I eventually graduated to broth and jello. Oh, what fun. I'm thinking, you know, my sister works at Burger King part-time. Could you just get me a Whopper? But no, it would be days before I could eat. And this goes on for quite some time because I couldn't break this fever. I was so messed up that the poison got throughout my system and I've never seen a brighter shade of green excrement in my life than that which was um, supposed to be some sort of urine. But yeah, yeah, that was scary. Trees aren't this green. And uh, I thought I may have been an alien and no one told me, but... I wasn't even able to get up. I couldn't move. I couldn't walk. It was a bad scene. And days and days, and I still had this this fever. And it wouldn't break, and it wouldn't break. And tons of people kept bringing me stuff and coming to see me. And uh, I remember the nurses there, because it was around the holidays, the Blue Cross company brought a little bear with a Blue Cross t-shirt. I still have my Blue Cross teddy. Um, everybody got one that was in the kids' ward. And my niece was too little to come visit, so they eventually wheeled me down the hall to a little Snoopy phone, those old school 80s Snoopy and Woodstock phones where she could see me, but I couldn't see her. And, you know, she could at least talk to me. Ironically, um, years later, she would have her tonsils and adenoids out and stay in the exact same room that I was in, in the exact same bed. Freaky. No such thing as coincidence. But um, 
as time got closer to Christmas and I got more concerned that I wasn't going to make it home because that was a bigger travesty, I came to terms with missing the performance and I got updates from my friends at school that it went well and that this one kid filled in for me who was supposed to be the narrator. Eh, it happens. But the big show was really Christmas and I thought, if I'm not home for Christmas, that's ridiculous. I mean, you can't be 10 years old and not home for Christmas. Is that possible? So I watched every special there was on TV in the hospital, like the Grinch and Snoopy and Frosty, but it just wasn't the same. And I missed my tree and the lights and everything at my house. Nothing was seeming to give with this fever. And eventually, a um, really nice doctor came in and he said, well, you know, you got to break the fever. If you break the fever, I'll let you go home. My brother even tried to bribe them and said, look, you know, I have all the guys at the firehouse still put you in an ambulance. We'll take you home. It'll be perfect care. We can get her back here in five minutes if something's wrong. And he said, if that fever doesn't break, you're not taking her. So I guess they were still worried about this infamous white blood cell count. And um, my mom called our priest and he came in and actually gave me last rites. I love that they called it last rites back then. Uh, now it's anointing of the sick. A little more positive. Thank you. But at the time, last rates, I mean, do the math. So I'm thinking, ooh, that's not cool. And within a couple days, all of a sudden, my fever went away and everything suddenly got better. Now, I don't know if it was the 9 million hours that mom spent in the chapel because she really is Sister Mary Holy Card and probably should have been a nun. I still can't figure out why she's a mom of four when maybe she's a nun in disguise. I don't know. I always joke that mom dials 555 for God because I think that's her immediate um, direct line. Um, but it was a very unexpected thing. And on Christmas Eve morning, the partner to the doctor that was my surgeon came in, nice guy, older man. And he said, Hey, wake up, kid. Your fever broke. You want to go home? And I was like, yes. And I did. And they, uh, packed me up and I was out of there by about noon. And I just remember being so excited and Christmas has always been a big deal to me, but that year, probably more than anything, because I was able to go home and able to be home um, with my family and, you know, see the tree and, and the lights and all the fun stuff that I normally do. But it was also a big year because I guess they were afraid they were going to lose me. And I got both Electronic Battleship and Stratego. And I, you know, I'm just saying that's that's a big deal. But uh, it was probably one of the most um, incredible and strange experiences all rolled into one and for me, ahead of my game mentally, but at the same time, not quite understanding the uh, depth of what was happening, despite my maturity, it was one of those crazy experiences that you never really forget. So yeah, that's my, my Christmas crazy. Um, but you know, it was uh, definitely noteworthy. So to this day, I always have a uh, warm fuzzy in my heart for Christmas Eve and definitely still get twitchy around Jewish apple cake. It's unfortunate, but I can't do it. Sorry. I don't know if I'll ever get over that one. I just remember it. The second time wasn't as good as going down the first. That was that. Um, quick shout out to my sister. She is turning 60 on Christmas this year. She is a Christmas baby. Um, I think I ruined that for her actually, because she was the baby and then Oops, 14 years later, just kidding. I run that. So I don't care what anybody says. I will always be the baby despite her having the title. Um, so Merry Christmas and Happy New Year. I hope 2021 is fantastic 
for everybody and I will definitely be back after the holidays becoming a collector it's the cool thing to do give me a Christmas gift it is subscribing liking and all that fun stuff leave us a comment if it's positive and if it's not just leave me a comment saying nothing because my mommy taught me if you have nothing nice to say don't say it at all um, make sure that you enjoy your time off take time off and be around whomever you want to be with whatever you want to do during the holidays all right, limited whatever you want to do this year, but you know what I mean. Definitely spend some quality time and enjoy some downtime, even if it's just eggnog and a Yule log, whatever it may be, because um, you deserve it. And it is definitely the time of year that makes people want to call friends and family and, and do things that they haven't had time to do or say or sing or watch or, you know, put together in a long time, like building six or seven hours worth of little kid toys, for example. Never a fun time. But um, whether you're celebrating... Santa or not, or whatever it is that you like, believe, or a part of, enjoy it because um, it is definitely deserved probably more than ever this year. And if you like what you heard, then please subscribe and catch up with us on the uh, Eclectic Collection podcast going forward into 2021, hopefully for many years to come. And thanks for listening so much. I'm Terry Tanaglia. I appreciate it. <laughs>